Hi, Zara. Hi, Maya. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back, everyone, to Daisy Distractions. Um, I feel so awkward when I say that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you say it because I feel like I'd mess it up and we'd just have to keep on starting over. <laughs> Those are fun, though. Those are fun little, I guess, bloopers. Yeah. Um, so back to we need like a catchy name for the Zara's reading recommendations segment. Oh, yeah. We, we do. need to come up with a name. If you have a name for that, DM us at they see distractions on instagram <laughs> shameless plug um <laughs> <laughs> no seriously because i have just read the like one of the most amazing books i am telling everyone i know to read it because it's so good it's called the seven husbands of evelyn hugo and it's really hard to like describe what it's about without giving stuff away Mm -hmm. So the overall premise is that Evelyn Hugo is this big actress and she's old now and she's decided that she wants someone to write her life story because her big thing was that she had seven husbands and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone was like, oh, how do you get seven husbands? How do you get divorced (laughs) like six or seven times? Um, How do you... uh, who was you were who were you in love with the most and um it's so fascinating to see how it all unfolds because it's not just like oh i was in love with him and we got married oh i was in love with him and then and then i fell out of love with him and then i fell in love with the other person and got married it's not that simple and it's really less about um romance i would say than about like moving through the world as a woman especially an ambitious woman who knows what she wants and is willing to do go to certain lengths to get it yeah um like it's it's truly about feminism and not just you should just be like (laughs) a book like what are they called like raiders that's not a thing book raiders like a critic yeah that i really was forgetting that word for a while, I, my dream was to write for the New York Times, specifically the book review. Um, you would just be so good at it. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, the current dream now is to write a book that would get in the New York Times book review. <laughs> um, but I haven't quite decided what I would write about yet. Yeah. So, Got a lot of options. Yeah. So anyways, this whole... This book has made me think a lot about, um, while it doesn't deal completely, like, it's not a romance story, I would say. It deals with, like, a lot of different types of love. And so my question to you, Maya, is do you believe in soulmates? Uh, It's so hard for me to answer this question because... Like, obviously, I want to believe in soulmates. Like, that'd be pretty cool if they existed. Mm -hmm. But I just think practically, like, there's so many people. Like, there's no way that there's only just one that you can make a life with. Well, okay, so I think there are a lot of different interpretations of soulmates. Yeah. And I think you're going with the, there's one person that is absolutely, like, made for you. Yeah. That is your comprehension of it. And so, therefore, with that comprehension, you're saying you don't believe in it. 
Yes. Interesting. Because I am also, I'm also very cynical like that. And, <laughs> or I wouldn't say cynical, that's the wrong word. But like, I also don't typically believe in that stuff. But... I really want to. I want to. I want someone to like prove that they exist. Like, someone come up with a study. <laughs> well, well, think about this. Like, I don't think... If there are soulmates, I don't think it's, like, there's one only one perfect person for you in your lifetime. Yeah. Like, I don't... I just think that's too improbable. Like... I don't think... Like, I think soulmates still exist. I just... I don't think mm-hmm. it works like that. I don't think there's, like, a one and only perfect person for you. Especially since, like... I was in a psychology class, and they were, like, proximity has a lot to do with attraction. Like, your soulmate could be in California. Like, the perfect person for you could be in California, but we're in New York. So, you're, like, chances are you're not going to meet them, and instead, like... You're going to settle for someone in New York? Not settle, but, like, you will... (laughs) have an attraction and possibly like from there get into a relationship with someone that you spend more time with yeah that makes sense so um yeah no I specifically uh I don't have any personal experience with romantic soulmates (laughs) but I think I 100% believe in platonic soulmates Oh, definitely. And I think it is possibly my favorite concept, or one of my favorite concepts in the universe. Yeah. I think I definitely believe in that, too. Like, there are just certain people that, like, you are absolutely meant to meet. Mm-hmm. I like that idea more. Do you think family has to do with, like, do you think family can be platonic soulmates? Well, if you're talking about us, I am. Obviously. That was not a very that was not a very subtle thing. <laughs> I don't know because I do feel like on like the definition of soulmates we def- like platonic soulmates we definitely like fit that definition, but at the same time I think that because we're family it just doesn't fall like quite under the same category, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I like s- it's not just like by chance that we're meeting and like the universe brought us together. <laughs> but couldn't it? like if you really think about it like the universe did plant you and me two years apart in age and there was a time when you were living in manliest new york that's true there was or Uh, not manliest new york fable but yeah five minutes away from you and we you know we had that proximity like if we were cousins and I lived halfway across the world, like many of our other cousins do, then um, we wouldn't have... If my parents had just stayed in Cleveland. Yeah, then we wouldn't have had that kind of relationship. But see, my parent, we, like, we only moved up to Syracuse because you were family and my parents wanted to be near family. So, like... I don't know. I think you could keep going big picture and say that, like... Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't know. Um... <laughs> But I get what you mean, because my specific example is that I have this friend who I've known since elementary school, like since we were five years old. And Mm -hmm. um, it 
we went through elementary school like in the same classes and stuff mostly but Mm -hmm. the oddest thing is like we were in a class with 11 people okay it was small (laughs) and yet neither of us like remember we were talking about this the other day we don't remember each other from there like like (laughs) i know he was there like in my like i know that he was there yeah but i don't remember interacting with him at all (laughs) (laughs) and then he got really offended and i was like well did you remember interacting with me and he was like uh and i was like yeah exactly um yeah but and then there were like some years where we just like uh we weren't living in the same place and um stuff happened but then we ended up in the same public school and we weren't in any of the same classes because then it wasn't 11 people it was like 250 people Mm -hmm. and then um he like lived somewhere else again for a year um and then over that time we got really close like with video call and stuff like once a month Mm -hmm. and then um after that the same thing like we were going to the same school again and we hung out sometimes but it wasn't like we were close yeah and then um again like since i moved we still talk and now we talk like at least once a week and it's so like it's it's even stranger because i think his aunt went to college with my dad (laughs) so like even before we knew them when i was in elementary school like like we had another kind of like connection like it's just it's so strange and because like he's moved a lot and i moved and we and we didn't even like start out having like a really solid friendship yeah the fact that like we've stayed in each other's lives through all that and kind of crazy it's just it seems very like the universe at is at work you know yeah. what i mean the connections because it's not even like we have anything in common really <laughs> like we argue we have different views on a lot of things and so we argue but it's like very very civil arguing yeah. Um, or I guess you call it debate. Yeah. <laughs> Civil arguing. I like that better, though. <laughs> um, yeah. So that I was like, okay, 100% platonic soulmate. That is that. And I just think it's so cool. To me, like, I don't think soulmate, like the way you described it, it was very like, oh, like somehow they stay part of your life forever. Or, like, you know, they're always in, like, some kind of aspect of it. But I don't think that's, like, my... That's not really how I saw, like, platonic soulmates. I saw kind of platonic soulmates as someone who basically just... You'll never outgrow, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, someone you know you'll come back to, like, 100%. No matter how much either of you change, like, you'll always be able to just come back and have that one person. Even if, like, you know after high school you guys don't talk for like 30 years like you could be 100% confident that if you went up and started talking to this person it wouldn't be hard I would even go a step further and say like they because I agree with what you're saying and I would say I would add that onto my definition but Mm -hmm. um I think it's like you know that they would have your back yeah because in um in the book that I was reading there's this one um person that he just has her back the whole time like her whole Mm -hmm. life and 
um, she's treated pretty like crappily by yeah. a lot of characters in the book, men specifically. Um, and he's like the one person that doesn't take advantage of her that way. Mm-hmm. And is like, I don't know, just for years. And so she's always, I don't know. They just like, they have each <laughs> other's backs 100%. And yeah. I was like, honestly, I, that's best so relationship nice. in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I feel like talking about this makes me feel very grateful for the friends I do have. Because I can say that, like, I do have people who I know would have my back. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really a privilege, honestly. And it's so odd talking about it because I don't want to jinx myself <laughs> and be Same. like, okay, like, next year they're not going to, like, I'm not going to talk to these people again. Because that's kind of what happened after high school. You know, there were, like, yeah. maybe 20 to 50 people who I talked to pretty regularly just in class. And so, therefore, I thought I was kind of close with them. And then I left and I talked to maybe two people now. Cesar, this is the difference, I think, between me and you, is I'm not out of high school, and I talk to only two to three people right now. That, um, that is false. Um, I feel like that is not true. I feel like it really is. you have to I be... I think at most it's six. Mm-hmm. Like six main people that I'll communicate with during Oh, yeah, school. 20 to 50 is a stretch. I would say it's also, mine was also, like, a six. And I thought that it was, like, a really, really close six. Yeah. But I still only talked to, like, one or two. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like even out of that six, I know who the two, maybe three are that I'll stay in touch with if I want to. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, It's kind of crazy to think about what's going to happen after we graduate from high school like i know for everyone else listening who's older it's like such in the past and like you probably think i'm such a baby (laughs) but i don't know no it's a universal experience i actually i have to start picking out my college classes and stuff this month fun and i am so like i legitimately have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) like we did this little weekend uh, mother's day trip to this little town Mm -hmm. And there was this guy there who was, like, working at the inn who was, like, two years older than me. Um, And we just started talking. And he was like, so do you know what you want to do? Or what your dream job is? And I was like, I I clicked the wrong button on my application for my major. So I actually (laughs) – so I was like, no. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. I am a mess. (laughs) That's a true story, by the way. I did hit the wrong button. Um, what major did you pick? Okay, so there's, like, a liberal studies program um, yeah. at NYU, which I thought was really cool because it was, like, two years of liberal arts stuff. And then um, – but in, like, smaller class – like, more mm-hmm. interesting classes. And then after your two years there, you can transfer to, like, any of the schools and do your major. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's a sweet deal. Like, I don't have to, like, apply and get into one. I can just, like, have my <laughs> pick once I know what I want to do. Um, but my dumbass picked Global Liberal Studies, which is a four-year oh, degree no. program. And, yeah, so they have, like, concentrations within it because mm-hmm. it's technically its own major. And it's kind of nice because it's it's kind of I 
feel like it i describe it more as like an honors college just because like the classes are it has its own classes and they're typically like much smaller um yeah. than classes in the other schools so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes but i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> i don't really know either and people keep asking me yeah I either, it's so strange, I either feel like I'm 12 or 30, like, because people are either, like, telling me, like, oh, you're not old enough to do that, um, or, yeah. like, you'd be surprised by the number of times people have been offering me drinks in the past month, um, <laughs> <laughs> not that I've been, like, going out or anything, but, like, when I go to restaurants and stuff, like, yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, you're over 18, oh, wait, no, it's 21. Yes, My Maya. Bad. Yes. Um, <laughs> and whoops. But then also like working and stuff. And when I tell people what I do, especially people our age, they're like, oh my God, yeah. you're like old or doing grown up things. I was like, okay. You are doing grown up things. Sure. Doesn't really feel <laughs> like it. It kind of does. But um, I actually, so I'm pretty sure I accidentally said that I could work on Eid. <laughs> Because oh, I didn't no. think it was this week. I thought it was next week. Um, so let's see if I can get the time off yeah. now. Yeah. My dad offered to take work off and stuff, but I can't really get off school. So. Bummer. Yeah. Um, I mean, we never really celebrated it that way anyway. Like, we don't usually go to the mosque or anything like that. Because both my parents were always working and I never have the time off school. It's always like in the middle of the week. So, and we like rarely go to the mosque anyway. So then we'd always just kind of celebrate on the weekend with you guys. There's not really any mosques near us, but like wherever they hold the namaz. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I find that so funny just because like, I feel like your family is like that in general. And then my side of the family, we're very much like any excuse at all to party is taken. (laughs) Like um do you still not eat cake no i think i eat cake now i mean i don't remember when i oh i remember when there I was a period where maya didn't eat cake and i was convinced she was an alien yeah obviously i was i went through an alien transformation and that was the period where i didn't eat cake i don't even remember why i think it was just because of like acid reflux or something and i was trying to like not <laughs> eat things that were gonna make me sick mm-hmm Because I was just becoming really sensitive to food. I was genuinely concerned you had an eating disorder. Um, (laughs) I didn't, but thanks. You're welcome. Um, No, because, like, it's so strange. I was talking about this with one of my friends who she came up to see me the other day. Um, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I was like, uh, your school specifically, like, there are certain things that I wouldn't say traumatized me, but I'm just much more aware of now (laughs) than I was before. Like, everyone who said that they were vegan that I knew had an eating disorder. (laughs) Like, So now, like, when people tell me they're vegan, I'm like, I don't believe you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's a little, I mean, it's kind of hard to make that broad general assumption, but I get, like, how how that does fit in well no because like everyone knew you know people know yeah and it's also like it's a very back then oh my god i talk like i'm so old um 
<sighs> back in the good old days. Back then, I don't remember there being a lot of like vegan alternatives offered everywhere. Yeah, you know, especially so you in like eat. school cafeterias. So if like we were all eating at lunch or something, and someone like they didn't bring lunch from home or whatever, they like mm-hmm. it's a very convenient excuse not to eat. If yeah. you and like have people bother you if you just say you're vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, or even when you go out somewhere, you can just say, oh, I'm vegan. There's no like vegan options. But now there's tons of vegan options. And I actually, I love that they have oat milk everywhere now. That's so crazy to me. I don't, I don't understand the like difference between milks. Like I, I couldn't tell you like skim milk, almond milk, oat milk. Like I, I don't know. Well, that's probably because you're not lactose intolerant. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am. So I've had to try all the milk substitutes, and I have to say oat milk is the best, like hands down. If you prefer almond milk, you're crazy. Um, (laughs) No offense to people who like almond milk, but still, oat milk is simply the best. Yeah. I was going to say something, and I just completely blanked. I I had something meaningful to add to the conversation, and then it just disappeared. I think that sums up my entire day today is I had something meaningful and then it just disappeared. I don't blame you. Like you've been studying your little butt off. And... Oh, you know what? I remembered what I was saying. Okay, go ahead. It was on the topic of eating disordered. Yeah. So like sometimes when I'm fasting, like, you know, it's still hard for people to comprehend mm-hmm. at FM. So um, I was like trying to explain it to my soccer team one time that I was playing as club soccer team actually this isn't actually specific to my school but like my team how many how long ago was this like when was this for context like maybe two three weeks ago oh okay not like years ago not not no not years ago it was this year but um and one of my friends who's like generally like very receptive and like open-minded and things like that like I was like trying to explain it to her and she's like and I like said the no water part or something and she just was like immediate like oh that's so unhealthy I was like well no (laughs) It's not, and I didn't, like, like, it was just a casual conversation, so I didn't, like, go off on a tangent Mm -hmm. and, like, try to explain it to her more, but I just, it just felt, like, very awkward. It's not, um... It's not unhealthy if you do it, right? It's not unhealthy, especially if you have enough water at, like, Seri and Iftar, but, um... But I just felt like that was a very... (laughs) Yeah, I've seen more graphics on Instagram kind of explaining about that, like, you know, explaining fasting to non-Muslims. And they mentioned specifically, and I didn't really think about this a whole lot, probably because I don't fast, but um, they were like, it's rude (laughs) to tell, like, to ask people if they're, like, how much weight they're losing or like you know about the dietary yeah. aspect of it um i always got so upset with that like someone would like i sometimes like i think one time i said i was like fasting for like ramzan uh, one time i was talking and i was like yeah i'm fasting for ramzan and someone was like oh yeah i intermittent fast all the time and i was like okay it's not the same thing yeah like, just making that comparison sometimes is... And, like, I get it. Like, you're trying to be relatable and, like, add... But it just... I It is it is a little offensive to me. No, because it's, it's, it's about... Um, it's about faith. You know, cleansing your... Like, cleansing yourself, whatever yeah. 
reason you feel for doing it is much greater than the more shallow I want to lose five pounds <laughs> aspect yeah. of intermittent fasting, you know? Mm-hmm. So it seems kind of offensive to compare the two. I get that. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking of like talking about why I don't fast, but I haven't like found a way to explain it yeah. that I'm comfortable with. Everyone has their own reasons. Like, I have plenty of other Muslim friends who don't fast Mm -hmm. for health reasons, for, like, school reasons. Yeah. Um, No, I've been asked about it possibly more this year than ever. I don't think it's, like, polite to ask. Like, I just don't think that's, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because especially if you're like not muslim and you ask someone like oh why aren't you fasting like that's none of your business frankly yeah there's so many personal reasons that someone could not be fasting that you just are not entitled to know Mm -hmm. no i like that to be fair some of them came from like my therapist and like people i you know work out with (laughs) and so they were like we need to make sure like are you gonna pass out today um my therapist like are you gonna be like moody or something because you're not eating I was like no no worries (laughs) but thank you for checking also okay so I did post something about having like about culturally competent care because South Asian people like we I like the alliteration in that that sentence what culturally competent care yeah yeah um I'm hearing a lot more about it now that I work in like mental health stuff. So Mm -hmm. I was talking about that. I posted something about that on our Instagram a few days ago that South Asian therapists um, account posted. And it's because like certain mental health um, issues present themselves differently in South Asians and like, you know, South Asian Americans than they do in um, like regular Americans or like, I was actually thinking about this so most psychology and stuff is like from a very western perspective Mm -hmm. and it doesn't accurately portray how like eastern societies have developed and how you know we see the world and um present ourselves and so like the things are very different i don't know if any of like if you got a chance to look at that um because you were studying but it is so nice to have a South Asian therapist. Like I actually went to southasiantherapist.org <laughs> and found myself a therapist. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on here, maybe I have, but it's just like it's so nice not having to spend like half my therapy session explaining stuff about my life. Yeah. Or like I can even use like Urdu words here and there to describe things. Mm-hmm. And they just like get it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, obviously, like, you don't have to have a South Asian therapist, especially if it's not available to you, but it is really, like, it has changed my life. Like, it's truly something that I like a lot. It seems like it'd be easier to talk to someone without having to, like, overcome that cultural barrier, especially when you're talking about, like, you know, your, especially your personal life. Yeah, and I think a lot of times um, when you talk about things especially in South Asian families, um, to, like, say a white therapist, they're going to be like, oh, you should probably talk to your parents, like, communicate with your parents. And a lot of times yeah. <laughs> that's not, like, it's either not an option or you don't feel comfortable enough to do so. 
or that's just yeah. like not the way like you have to kind of explain how certain family dynamics work and it's yeah. very very different I mean, sometimes I feel like if I was like trying to explain things to like white people or like I have to be careful like how I say it because like if I say like oh my parents wanted me to fast today like some people might interpret that as oh you're being forced to fast mm-hmm. no I wanted to fast today too but like my parents also wanted me to fast today like like that's happened before where someone's like oh do your parents make you fast and it's like no I'm not like forced to do it like you just have to be very careful with your own words yeah versus because like Ugh, all these the foreigners oppressing their kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh white people so fun um <laughs> nothing against white people that was just that was a joke yeah um i was talking with my friend and i was like what do white people say like what kind of stuff do they do what kind of stuff do they say and she Sorry, gave they me, say exactly what we say no they don't though like um for example uh i've always wanted to use the phrase holy cow in a sentence like oh i've goodness. never from kindergarten i was like what is so holy about cows like I don't get it um (laughs) yeah I think like I just said like kind of a white phrase which was oh my goodness oh my goodness gracious okie dokie is another one yeah um that like I just I want to be able to use these I want to be able to like get with the culture I do use okie dokie but I use it with my friend as a reference from WandaVision oh okay because it's like okie dokie artichokey or something like that yeah See, so I think these things are Something so like funny. Agatha. Yeah. Um, and my... I think the calling your parents by their first names thing, I'll never get over that. That is I'll never hilarious. That is Like, av- what are you... Who on earth would say, like, oh, Ted came home from work early today. Like, who's Ted to you? Is Ted, like... <laughs> yeah, or they were like, oh, Becky was in the paper today. And I was like, like Becky? What? That's your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'll never understand yeah no I I don't know what my parents would do if I called them by their first names um I think we're good for today that was yeah. actually a lot more than I thought we were going to talk about <laughs> oh we're ending perfectly because it's actually time for a star oh have fun <sighs> what are you eating tonight thank you um, I think there's pasta and there's crab and oh my dad made pizza, that was really good. Crab? Wow. Yeah. Fancy. Fancy fancy. I know. I'm very blessed. <laughs> okay. Bye Zara. Bye Maya.